0: The History Channel original podcast. Sports history this week, August eleventh, two thousand eight. I'm Kalen Jones. Michael Phelps's chest is heaving. It's only day three of the two thousand eight Beijing Summer Olympics. But here inside Beijing's National Aquatic Center, in front of a packed, anxious crowd, Phelps' past four years of hard work is suddenly hanging in the balance.
1: Now they've got the A-team out there, led by Michael Phelps, who is going for gold medal number two at these games.
0: Moments ago, Phelps led off his part of Team USA's 4 x 100 meter freestyle relay by swimming the fastest time in American history. Yet, Team USA is trailing.
1: The Americans have to win gold in here if Phelps is to keep his hopes alive of surpassing Mark Spitz in the greatest Olympics ever.
0: The 23-year-old Phelps is already one of the most decorated Olympic athletes in history, boasting seven golds and two bronze medals to his name. But if he's going to achieve his ambitious and unprecedented Olympic goals, he's going to have to rely on his teammates. All he can do is watch. Everything had to be a perfect storm for
2: Michael to go 8 for 8. A literal perfect storm. And if you look at all the events, there were some that literally, by the skin of his teeth, were perfect.
0: Going into the final 100 meters, the Americans are on pace to absolutely shatter the world record. But they trail France by more than a half second. An eternity in a sport where races are routinely decided by tenths or even hundreds of a second.
1: And Jason Lezak is going to have to make up some ground on Elaine Bernard who stands six feet five and can absolutely fly. I just don't think they can do it, Dan.
0: The tension builds among the capacity crowd as it watches Phelps' dreams of golden perfection appear to slip away.
2: I think the way the race shook out, I mean, the way, the way it all shook out was just... Uh,
0: in my eyes, the greatest race in history. Today, Olympic swimming legend Michael Phelps faces perhaps the biggest hurdle in his quest for perfection. Eight races, eight gold medals, and a single Olympiad. How did his pursuit of that unthinkable goal nearly come to an early end? And what did it take to prepare Phelps to overcome pressure, both from himself and the entire swimming world, to become the greatest champion of all time. Close it to Here comes
1: Unbelievable at the end. He's done it.
2: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Michael Phelps' impeccable 8-for-8 run in Beijing stands out as possibly the greatest accomplishment of his remarkable career. Looking back, it can almost feel like it was destined. That's simply not the case.
3: Oh, yeah. There was a doubt in my mind until the last relay swam. till to the last relay hit the wall, I didn't think it was going to happen.
0: That's Bob Bowman. He's currently the head swimming coach at Arizona State University and is the former Team USA coach who personally trained Michael Phelps for 20 years.
3: This is like, it's one of these things where the odds are it's not going to happen, right? Maybe there's a Forty percent or fifty percent—it's not even fifty. I, in my mind, it was going to be too hard to win all the relays. It was, you know, iffy. We were just going to do the best we could, and it would play out the way it played out.
4: By 2008, you had a whole generation of swimmers where their their entire goal is to beat Michael Phelps, right? And they've probably planned their entire year around that that one race, or not—not not just their entire year, their
0: entire four years, their entire ten years. That's Childs Walker, a sports enterprise reporter for Phelps' hometown newspaper, the Baltimore Sun, since 2001.
4: They've been building up to that one race. And he's got to win eight of them, right? So, I mean, I realize just how hard it is, even for the best swimmers, to win
0: those races time after time, especially when you're the one that everybody's gunning for. In 2004, Phelps establishes himself at the Olympic Games in Athens, winning two bronze medals and six golds. He's officially on the map as one of the sport's brightest stars. He continues on, setting five world records at the 2007 World Aquatics Championships in Melbourne, Australia. He had that
4: incredible performance at the World Championships in 2007, which I know his coach Bob Bowman said was the time when he sort of really believed that he might be able to win eight at the 2008
0: Olympics. Winning eight gold medals in one Olympiad would mean besting a swimming icon, Mark Spitz.
1: Munich, 1972. America's Mark Spitz leads the field in the 100-meter freestyle on his way to the greatest harvest of gold in Olympic history.
0: Spitz wins an astonishing 7 out of 7 events in Munich, all while rocking his trademark mustache and floppy black hair with no swim cap or goggles. For decades, no swimmer can match Spitz's achievement. Among Americans, swimmer Matt Biondi comes closest winning five gold medals out of seven events at the 1988 Olympics in Seoul. East German swimmer, Kristen Otto, goes six for six at those same games. And no one comes any closer to Spitz until Phelps wins his six gold medals in 2004. In 2001, he was
3: swimming at the Nationals, broke his first world record in the 200 flight. He hadn't had that many interviews, right? And the people ask him about Mark Spitz. He didn't know who he was. And he came out of the venue, and he got in the car, and he was like, who's this guy, Mark Spitz, and why are they asking me about him? I was just like, don't worry about it. But he had even no clue when we kind of started this thing. Afterwards, he definitely knew.
0: The talk of him potentially getting eight or even matching Mark Spitz's record, I mean, did anyone try to talk him out of it? Did he seem like motivated to outdo Spitz specifically? Internally, yes, yeah, No doubt about it.
2: Okay. I mean, I think he'd lie to you if he said he wasn't
0: thinking about it internally. That's Rowdy Gaines, a three-time Olympic gold medal swimmer and a TV analyst for every Olympics since 1992.
2: But externally, he never talked about it. He said he was just going to do the best he can. He
0: was going to take one race
2: at a time. He was happy just to win one gold medal. And, and I think that was the attitude that he kind of needed to take because it could be all-consuming if you
4: go out there and say, that's my goal is to win eight gold medals. He wanted to do something that nobody had ever done before in swimming. That was the line that he said over and over and over. But whether it was about fits or not, the eight gold medals did become the thing he was going to do that nobody had ever done before.
0: To get it done, Phelps and his coach Bob Bowman must carefully choose which events he'll swim in and which events he won't. Well, we
3: only picked the ones we thought he could win for sure, right? A high probability of winning. And they also had to space out, right, in the program. Because there were sometimes in the sessions, he would swim two events in one session. So they couldn't be five minutes apart. They'd have to be, you know, 45 minutes or
0: something like that. And so did you guys have like an Olympic schedule, you know, laid out in front of you? <laughs> like, I think Rowdy Gates was telling us that you had like every single minute.
3: I did. Happening. I added to the minute every day. <laughs> so it would be like, you know, I had a. Uh, uh, drink your water bottle. It wasn't that specific, but it was, you know, I I had everything that he would have to do and exactly the time that he would need to do it. And basically my job during the whole thing was to try to keep the schedule going.
0: Phelps' pursuit of eight golds becomes one of the main storylines. Back in Maryland, the Baltimore Bullets hometown is buzzing with excitement.
4: Look, Baltimore is a very provincial city. I mean, it's a place where people... If, if you're from here and you go on to wider success, people want you to still shout out Baltimore. That is really important to them. And he always made sure to do that. Like if he was racing at the same time that there was like an Orioles game or a Ravens preseason game, they would like put his race on the big video board at the stadium. My wife had to go into the hospital for sort of a minor surgery during the week that he was swimming. And, you know, everybody in the hospital was it was it was on the TV in every room. And you just, the nurses were talking about it. I mean, it was, it was the thing at that time.
0: Phelps' quest of 8 for 8 begins on 8-8-08, August 8, 2008, at 8 p.m. local time. At the opening ceremonies inside the Beijing National Stadium, thousands of performers kick off the Olympics with a colorful, thrilling, meticulously choreographed display, including exactly 2,008 drummers, counting down the seconds for the games to begin. World leaders from around the globe, including President George W. Bush, take in the festivities. Over 10,000 athletes from 204 nations parade through the venue, proudly waving their country's flags. Phelps is in bed. To say that Phelps has a packed schedule ahead of him would be an understatement. He's going for eight gold medals, with some events requiring preliminary and semifinal heats before the gold medal final. That means Phelps is racing 17 times in eight days.
2: I won three gold medals in the 1984 Olympics, and I swam four times in eight days, and I thought I was going to die. I literally thought I was so exhausted, I think I slept for two days after those days. And I swam four times.
0: So put that in perspective and quadruple it, basically. Phelps also has a bunch of other obligations behind the scenes.
3: You would arrive at the venue two hours before. He would do a stretching routine for 30 minutes. He would get in the water for his first warm up session an hour and a half before. Then he would get out about 45 minutes before and dry off and put on his racing suit and kind of get himself together mentally. Then he would get back in 30 minutes before for a small warm up. Then he would go to the ready room where they kind of collect everybody. After the race, you go through a thing called the mix zone, which is the snake kind of line of reporters. He would come back and immediately start his recovery plan, which is probably about 45 minutes of swimming. He would be doing blood lactate testing during that time. Guy would be taking a sample out of his ear and measuring it. Then there was a great chance, particularly if he did a good time, that he'd be having a drug test. Then he would have a press conference. Then he would maybe go back and rest. So this is happening 17 times. His coach was Bob Bowman,
2: legendary coach. He saw Michael standing on on the deck at the warm-up pool. And he was standing there for like three or four minutes. And he walked over there and said, Michael, what are you doing? Why are you standing here? And Michael said, I don't have to be in the water to warm up for another two and
0: a half minutes. I'm going to stand here and and enjoy myself. Phelps needs all the rest he can get. His first race on day one of the Olympics is a preliminary heat in the 400-meter IM or individual medley, 100 meters each of butterfly, backstroke, breaststroke, and freestyle. It's swimming's ultimate test of speed, endurance, and versatility. I think it's the most difficult event in swimming. The 400 IM is like the decathlon of swimming. So it's like running a mile through an obstacle course. On day two, Phelps competes in the 400 IM final. He hasn't lost a race in this event in six years. But he's competing not only against the world's greatest individual swimmers, but also against arguably the second best swimmer on the planet at the time, his own teammate.
1: He's got his American good friend, Ryan Lochte. Just a couple of lanes away from him in lane six. There is Lochte, much more laid back than Phelps. Lochte says it's going to take the perfect race to beat Phelps. But he told us Rowdy at the team's training camp in Singapore, I know I can beat Michael Phelps.
0: How big was he in terms of being a competitor or maybe even a threat, you know, within you know Team USA against Michael?
2: Well, right now
0: you'd be interviewing
2: me about Ryan Lockby if there was no Michael Phelps. <laughs> We'd be talking about Ryan. Ryan would probably be arguably the greatest swimmer in history. Because He would have won a lot of gold medals without Michael. And I think Michael will tell you, Ryan helped him. He didn't hurt him. He helped him
0: to go to a different level. Through the first three legs of the medley, Lochte hangs with Phelps. But in the final 100...
1: Just rockets off the turn in complete command. Phelps way ahead of the world record setting up to obliterate it here. He's going to break the world record. Gold medal number one for Michael
0: Phelps. One down, seven to go. But Phelps' relief won't last for long. The very next day, he's going to have to climb his steepest mountain of these games, the 4x100 freestyle relay. And for the first time at these games, the result will be largely out of his hands.
2: There are others that I've, that I've either witnessed were called or been a part of that were pretty amazing that's the mount rushmore of the mount rushmore (laughs) they're 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 standing above mount rushmore there's a mount rushmore races but they're like standing above it
0: It's day three of the 2008 Olympics, and already Michael Phelps is facing his toughest single challenge on the way to eight gold medals, the four x 100 freestyle relay. Phelps can only do so much on his own. To win this event, he'll need a lot of help from his teammates. Remember, Michael Phelps is resting at every possible opportunity. So he and two of his teammates, Garrett Weber-Gale and Jason Lezak, sit out during the preliminaries. They watch as Nathan Adrian, Ben Wildman-Tilbriner, Matt Grevers, and Colin Jones take the pool, representing Team USA for the preliminary heat. And they don't just win the prelims for the Americans, they set the world record. Team USA's quote-unquote B team swims the fastest four x 100 relay in world history. And they're going to replace three of the swimmers with faster ones. Colin Jones, who swam the fastest leg of the prelim, joins Phelps, Weber Gale, and Lezak to swim in the final. Despite all this, the Americans are still not favored to win gold.
1: There is the French team there. They are the favorites, and they have been doing some talking. Elaine Bernard, their world record holder in the 100 free, earlier told a newspaper, well, what about the Americans? We're going to smash them
0: even the jovial rowdy gains can't help but see the writing on the wall. That this could be where Phelps' plan falters.
2: How many times have I broken this down, Dan, over the last two weeks? Every time I do it, it comes out France. And, you know, the Americans are certainly capable of doing it, but each have to have the perfect race to be able to beat the French. All four of those guys give me major grief. 14 years later, Kayla. even today... They even say, I don't think they can do it, and because I said it not only once, but I said it twice.
0: An hour before this race, Michael Phelps swam in the semifinals for the individual 200-meter freestyle. Despite this, he leads off the relay, and he does his job. With his opening leg, Phelps sets a new American record in the 100 freestyle, clocking in at 47.51 seconds out of lane four. Phelps lifts himself out of the pool and onto the deck and anxiously looks on.
3: He knew that his job was to swim as fast as he could and he actually did quite well on all those relays. So I think he focused on that and then focused on supporting the other guys to try to help them do as well as they could.
0: With the second leg, Garrett Weber Gale, the first ever American to break 48 seconds in the 100 meter freestyle, builds a narrow lead over Australia and France for our flanking Team USA in lanes three and five. Next into the pool, Colin Jones. He posts a 47.65 split, but America falls behind going into the final leg where France has its anchor, Alain Bernard waiting. Coming into this race, Alain Bernard is the world record holder in the 100 meter free. The fact that he has a significant lead to work with, it's over, it's done. And
2: if anybody ever tells you differently that they thought that the United States was going to win when that anchor leg, Jason Lezak, went off, they're lying. I swear they're lying
0: because nobody thought they were going to win. Jason Lezak. At 32 years old, he's by far the oldest member of this relay team.
2: Give you a little perspective. I won in 1984. I was 25. I was the third oldest swimmer in history to win a gold medal. I mean... Don't let anybody tell you any differently.
0: 32 is pretty old in our sport. After one length of the pool, Elaine Bernard has extended France's lead, going ahead of Lizak by a full body length with just 50 meters left to go.
3: I did think it was over. <laughs> I remember um, I was actually standing near the finish, about 15 meters from the finish, and I watched him swim the first 50, and he turned. And I, I was just like well, maybe seven will be okay, right? You know, seven will be okay. Maybe we could do seven. And I was I was disappointed because Michael had only swum one event. I was like, dang, we just got started.
0: And yet, after the flip turn, Bernard's lead starts to dwindle.
1: The United States try to hang out a second. They should get the silver medal. Australia is in bronze territory right now, but Lizak is closing a little bit on Bernard
0: you can hear the tone shift in announcer Dan Hicks' voice, from fully accepting that the United States won't win to believing it's possible. Meanwhile, Phelps cheers on Lezak from the end of the pool, which was picked up by the NBC mics.
1: Can the veteran chase him down and pull off a shocker here? Well, there's no
0: Team USA wins by eight one hundredths of a second. And
2: that wasn't me that actually screamed when Dan goes unbelievable at the end. That's actually Dan doing that. Everybody thinks it's me because I'm the one that's always screaming. And Dan's always, you know, the perfect play-by-play guy. But he his voice went up like eight octaves. Sounds 12 made it a lot of
0: fun. Lezak swims his leg in 46.06 seconds. As of this episode, it's still the fastest 100-meter freestyle split in world history. Three days later, when Lizak wins bronze in the individual version of this race, he swims 47.61, more than 1.5 seconds slower. In fact, after Beijing, he never breaks 47 seconds again. When you do talk to elite swimmers, they say that there is an adrenaline
4: with the relays that is not the same as what you feel when you're going into an individual race. So I, I think he jumped in there with, with, with a lot of fire, but at the same time, as I said, he's a very, very experienced guy, knew, knew what needed to be done, and, and, and he did it.
0: The four swimmers hug on the pool deck, exhausted, jubilant. Lezak just swam the race of his life. Colin Jones has just become the first African-American to hold a world swimming record. But Phelps... His Olympics are just getting started. Four x one is so burned into my memory. I always think associate that with like being that the second, the last one, or being later on in his run. But he, he needs to that's only his second medal, right. you know, at that Olympics, and he still has to win six more in order to break the record. That's a great point, Kayla. I forgot about that. That's right. It's really early
2: on in the in the in the Olympics. Can you imagine what it would have been like if they had not one that they had not won any one silver, everybody would be tuning out. Not everybody, but a lot of people be tuning out, and I think that it really inspired people
0: to keep tuning, and oh my gosh, this guy he won that one, let's see if he won the next one, and then the next one. Fortunately for Phelps, he's got a few events coming up that, barring anything drastic, he can comfortably win. He secures gold in the 200-meter free and 200-meter butterfly with ease, setting new world records in both. Less than an hour after his butterfly race, Phelps teams up with Ryan Lochte, Ricky Berens, and Peter Vanderkay to obliterate the world record in the 4x200 meter freestyle.
2: Pretty good split for Ricky Berens, 146-2. A little bit slower than he went in prelims, but it doesn't really matter. My, I think my mom could probably anchor this reel and they could break the world record.
0: Phelps wins the 200 meter IM on day 7, his sixth gold medal in six events. On day 8, his toughest individual challenge yet. Trickiest race for him was was definitely the 100 butterfly because of Cavage. Gaines is referring to Milorad Cabbage, an American-born Serbian swimmer. And mainly because of Cavage's speed. This guy was like freaking lightning quick, dude. I mean, he would have blown Michael away
2: in a 50-meter butterfly, but they don't have a 50-meter butterfly in the Olympics.
4: Milor on has done a brilliant job in the first 40 meters and coming up for the turn from Crocker in second. Serdinov in third also did a great job. Where is Phelps?
2: He was a better swimmer than Michael was for 95 meters, you know? But Michael had done this before. He always has
0: to win that race from behind. Over the final 25 meters, Phelps makes a charge to close the gap on Cabbage. To the naked eye, Phelps appears to have lost.
3: Well, if you go back and watch NBC footage, they have a camera on me. And I kind of look, I look up and I was like, I watched them finish. And I was like, I, th- I think I say like, he beat him, which I couldn't believe. I was just shocked, right? And then I turn around and see his scoreboard and I basically go, oh my God. I'm like, you know, then everything kind of goes crazy. He's
1: got it. Oh, he's got it. He's tied! Oh my word! No, he's no, not injured. 100. He's got the gold. Oh,
0: no. Phelps wins by 0.01 seconds. Years worth of training, resulting in the smallest possible margin of victory. Michael Phelps has officially tied Mark Spitz with the seventh gold medal in a single Olympic Games. The only thing left to do: win the 4x100 medley relay in which each country sends their best swimmer to compete each of the four strokes. It's a race the Americans have never lost in an Olympic final. Phelps swims Butterfly, the third leg of the relay, giving a slight lead to none other than Jason Lezak. Lezak. A perfect 8 for 8. All the training, dedication, tireless effort, the hype, all of it, worth it. Following Beijing, the 23-year-old Phelps contemplates retirement. If he does so, he'd still be the all-time record holder with 14 Olympic gold medals, by a fairly wide margin. The fact that Phelps goes on to win four more gold medals in London in 2012 and another five in Rio in 2016, makes his career basically untouchable.
2: He he certainly has transcended our sport. There were athletes that come along generationally, like Tiger, Michael Jordan, LeBron, you know, Tom Brady. And he'll tell you, he hated to lose almost as much as he loved to win, if not more. Nobody will ever be a, a bigger name in our sport than Michael Phelps.
3: He was just like, kind of like a regular person who swam, you know, he just came off like a machine, right? Like this incredible thing. And he was just like a a kid in many ways, you know. He would do dumb stuff, joke around. He loved to swim. I think that's why he was so good at it. The most important to me I think is his psychological makeup, right? Because that's where he was just second to none, his ability to relax and focus under pressure. He was uh, able to use emotional energy correctly, to save it when he needed to save it, to use it when he needed to use it.
0: Phelps ends his career after the 2016 Olympics with 23 gold medals, more than twice as many as any other Olympian in history. Of the seven world records that Phelps set in Beijing, only two survived today the, the 400 IM and the legendary 4x100 freestyle relay. The greatest race in Olympic swimming history. Thanks for listening to Sports History This Week. For moments throughout history that are also worth watching, check your local TV listings to find out what's on the History Channel today. Other notable sports stories that happened this week? 1970. St. Louis Cardinals outfielder Kurt Flood loses a landmark antitrust lawsuit with Major League Baseball considered a key milestone that eventually led to the current system of free agency. And 1947, Babe Dietrichsen Zaharias, one of the most accomplished female track and field stars of all time goes pro. As a golfer, getting signed to a $300,000 contract, the first of its kind. If you know of any other sports stories from global sports history you'd like us to cover on this podcast, or if you'd just like to get in touch with us, please shoot us an email at sportspod@history.com. Special thanks to our guests, Rowdy Gaines, three-time Olympic gold medalist and TV analyst. Bob Bowman, former Team USA swimming coach and personal coach to Michael Phelps. And Charles Walker, sports enterprise reporter for the Baltimore Sun. This episode was produced by David Ingber. It was story edited by me, Kalen Jones, and sound designed by the Poglomerate. Sports History This Week is also produced by Cooper McKim. Our senior producer is Ben Dickstein. Our associate producers are Emma Fredericks and Hazel May. Our supervising producer is McKamey Lynn, and our executive producer is Jesse Katz. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Sports History This Week wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next week.